0: is the Amidon Planet Podcast, episode 30. I am your host, Joel Amidon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Matthew Mifflin. Matthew is an artist and songwriter with Phrygian Frog Music Professionals and Phrygian Frog Records. Matthew recently released his first single, Each Day, from his upcoming album, No Context. But listeners to this podcast know Matthew better, at least for now. As the musical director of the Eminem Planet podcast, something I've this title I've bestowed on him recently. But in other words, he's the creator of the music that has the beginning and end of each episode of the podcast. It's called Lost and Found. And he uh, uh, lovingly gave that to me because also we're family members uh, as well. But I've wanted to have Matthew on the podcast this year because we are talking about this idea of create. The word of the year is create and being creative in our. Uh, teaching, and especially now with the context that we're teaching in with regards to COVID-19 and all sorts of flipping online and whatever, but thinking about tapping into that creative uh, spirit through the, the arts, really, and thinking we we first launched it with talking about um, Rick Rubin's podcast, Broken Record, with Malcolm Gladwell, and then we, we talked to Andrew Radcliffe, and we've done a couple other things that were regards to tapping into this Uh, creative arts and and now we get to talk to Matthew finally and a great excuse to talk to him also because of the the new single and and the upcoming album so without further delay Matthew thank you for joining me on the podcast how are you
1: hey Joel thanks so much thanks for having me man I'm doing great I'm doing great I hope you're doing doing well with everything that's going on
0: it's great I mean I think uh I think you know whenever we we are at family events and i get a chance to talk to you uh matt I, I think like all the the energy you have and your sense of humor and then also just even the you know the times and you you brought out the instruments and be able to play for us and stuff like that it's just been it's been exciting to get to know you and, and to get excited to see this new endeavor you're on with regards to um the album and also just, in, and also another background too, is, is I didn't mention in the intro, was your, your teaching experience and, and teaching music lessons and you both in person and now virtual lately too. And so tapping into all that expertise and thinking about how do we, uh, how do we leverage some of that and, and learn some lessons from it, from regards to thinking about our own teaching for all the listeners out there, but then just learn a little bit about the music process. I'm interested in this because Matt, I think uh, I, I wanna be a country music singer eventually um, i'm forty two now, so I don't know if I could talk about you know drinking beer, pickup trucks and going to the party, but maybe about uh, uh, arthritis or something like that. Uh, I have no idea if that's a good content for country music anyway, so Matt, can you give me a little bit of background on yourself and maybe your experience with music?
1: Sure, I think you know, I know for me, music, um I was just talking to my mom about it the other day she she was talking about even as a young I mean we're talking like one, two, three years old that I you know, couldn't walk past the piano. I just always wanted to play it, touch it, hear the tones, you know, and she mentioned how she used to play classical music for me every night when I would go to bed. And I think that kinda definitely subconsciously, you know, awakened those brain waves in me. Um, And it's always been a love of mine. Um, Started taking piano lessons as early as the age of four. And I was able and had the opportunity to work with some very talented teachers um, throughout the years. And, and I think that's where, you know, when we talk about the teaching side of things, I definitely found myself, as I became more comfortable as a music teacher, kind of going back and thinking, okay, what was it about this particular teacher that that pushed me to get to that next level? Or what did I enjoy? And what did what I, you know, what I disliked, you know, to kind of filter myself to be a better teacher. Um, so I continued to take music lessons until the end of high school, you know, around junior year, of high school you know that's when playing the piano wasn't so cool you know it was kind (laughs) of it's it it was kind of I I would you know and uh my wonderful teacher George Eklund he's no longer with us but uh, I can remember times when I I had my license that I was headed off to my piano lesson and I wouldn't go I wouldn't show up you know (laughs) it just it got to that point uh, where I just thought I need to do something else I can't keep doing this you know um, so I think it was around fifth grade kind of backtracking a bit of my parents, um, bought me an acoustic guitar and I thought, you know, I want to play guitar. This is what I want to do. This is it. Well, I didn't touch that guitar for three years. Oh, wow. It sat in the closet. Didn't touch it. <laughs> I pulled it out and thought, eh, this is kind of hard. This hurts my fingers. I, I oh, really yeah, don't yeah. want to do this. So it took a friend of mine in, in eighth grade. He also, he got a guitar and we kind of started learning songs together. You know, back in those days it was Nirvana, Green Day. You know, just a power oh, yeah. chord kind of stuff. Um, and that really, you know, and I kind of, I, I found myself playing all of the time, you know, whether it be Beatles chords books or, or working with Dave Lazarus from church who just kind of showed me the basic chords. But, you know, during that time I had a paper route, but I, you know, so we'd get up at five in the morning, deliver papers. And before school, I would go down to the basement and play guitar for an hour. Oh, wow. you know, and then I get ready yeah. for school and I go I just was drawn to it you know and I think that goes back to even being a, a young child I mean it just has been something I've always gravitated towards um, so you know after I when I started getting into guitar you know I joined a band when I was in eighth grade um, and I thought that was the coolest thing because these were like the cool guys in, in school they already had their little band yeah, yeah. and they they asked me to, to, to join the group and we played like you know, the last day of school we played on stage and, you know, it's it's super cool. And to their credit, it was an original song that we played and then we played nice. a couple covers, but yeah. And then, and then it, it just took off from there again. You know, I formed another band with a friend of mine in high school. We would play parties. We would do, you know, all those things. So it's just, for me, it's always been about kind of keeping it going, but also be willing to, to learn and to learn new things and that's why I tell a lot of my students you know um, it's very important to play with other people because you never know what you're going to pick up from them they may have a little trick that they can do and believe me all, all musicians that gig out and record have their own little tricks you just you got to be willing to listen you, you yeah. got to listen and pick up on it so um, and then it, you know throughout college of course I was always playing I was the guy that was playing in parties and you know I would sit in my dorm room and we'd be hanging out and they'd ask me to play. And so I'd just play music and I would just make up songs and about people in the room, you know, I just, yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot of improv kind of stuff. And I think that really developed me as a, as a lyricist kind of be willing to kind of be open to what's around me and, and kind of take it in and uh, and process it and then kind of bring it back out in another light or whatever. But um yeah you know it, it's just it's always been there now you know now i'm to to the level where you know i have i've recorded these songs you know at home and i've joined up with fridging frog records and jason Waddell, who's been fantastic and we're able to put these songs out in the world and kind of see what happens and it's really exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time
0: yeah i was i i think we had that uh that conversation recently where kind of had that parallel with you know, putting out, I think I had episode zero of the podcast out and it was like, I recorded in my closet. It sounds awful, but it's still out there. And and the fact that just having it out there and hitting like publish and getting it, putting something out in the world and just hoping, gosh, I just hope somebody finds any value out of this or like,
1: yeah. And that's all you can do. And that's where, you know, Jason has really opened my eyes to that. Cause you know, just as you said, we all have these insecurities. Are people going to like it? Are they going to listen? Does it sound good enough? Well, you know, it gets to the point where, you know, if you don't put it out, what are you going to do? You're going to look back in 15, 20 years and think, man, I wish I just would at least tried it. You know, put it out there, and and and, and, and what boy, what a good feeling it is just no. even putting it out there. And then, and then the sleepless nights come. You know? <laughs> are they going to listen? Are they going to buy it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I wanted I wanted to touch base a little bit before we kind of we we have some questions we want to work through, but I, I mean, just even some things that I heard from what you already said. Like the idea of doing things together, and like one thing I say a lot on this podcast is we we're better together. And so you know having those, especially now with teachers that are trying to figure out how am I gonna you know revamp all my teaching, and the fact that if they're sitting there trying to pound their head against the wall and do it on their own, it's like you're not gonna work, right? You need to you need to have that partner to basically make music with, right? To to, in order to figure out how to do this. But even to think like the whole learning tricks, and even (laughs) we had a conversation recently where you showing me a transition like from one chord to another and like, hey, here's how you, your fingers. And like something I had never even thought about. And you're like, it took me 10 years to get this trick, but now, you know, you bestowed it on me. <laughs> and and the thing is like, that's the same thing. Like even in the last episode of the podcast, we talked with Jen Wolf and she had, I mean, accumulated all these things that you could do with Google Slides and things like that in order to help others. And it's like, again, way to, sh- way to like, hey, we're better together in sharing those things. And And so having that, you know, you know this goes into learning theory like there's a guy named Vygotsky he talks about the zone of proximal development and it's like what you can do with help right i'm this good on my own but with a little bit of help i can get to this good and it sounds like your relationship with jason is kind of leading you to there right where he's he's kind of helping you take your songwriting and performances to the next level
1: oh absolutely and and that's where i immediately saw him and saw him you know what he knew and you know just to backtrack a little bit too with jason this started i took a music course at lincolnland when i went back to finish my college degree they told mm-hmm. me hey you need to get your gpa up what, what what's a class you think you could do pretty well in and i thought you know what I'll, I'll take a music class you know that'd be great and jason i, I did, immediately was drawn to you know just he's on a whole nother level of, mm-hmm. of knowing stuff music so I, I i've been able to just in conversation and watching him work i've learned so much you know and and going back to the teaching, when I started teaching music, I had never done it before. You know, yeah. and this was up in um, up in the suburbs of Chicago, and you know it was kind of a big deal. I moved up there with my friend Paul, slept on his floor, um, <laughs> you know, in the same house as his wife and his two-year-old, and he got me a job at Allegro Music and Dance Company um, Academy. I'm sorry, and um, you know, it, it was I was scared to death, but there were so many other wonderful teachers there that I wanted to make sure to take the time to talk to, to sit in with, to listen to them. And just to, like you said, I mean, if I would have tried to do it on my own, it would have been a very rough year or even two years. But they helped me so much. and, And without them, I would not have been able to do it.
0: It's like, I mean, you would have figured it out, but it's like, you just get that, it's almost like a nitrous for Fast and Furious people out there. It's like something like that just pushes your teaching to, a such a, i mean just pushes it ahead so much i mean even thinking about what uh jen did with regards to if people are looking at google slides i mean she just gave a big huge dose to push people forward and that's the thing what you do with uh that collaboration so not only with your you know talking with your buddies and learning tricks and things like that but now when you move into not just learning music learning how to do music but learning how to teach music i mean it's a, a whole different ball game and having that those colleagues in order to learn that's 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 a great lesson there. Oh, it's huge! It's huge. So speaking of your uh, the things you you've learned teaching music, what what are what are some learnings you had? What are some big things that you can pull out and be like, you know what? I learned that in, uh, with regards to teaching music.
1: Well, I, I for me, right out of the gate, when I thought about this question, I thought number one for me is to be prepared, and, and that's not just with material to work on. That's not just you know, a certain method or a certain piece of music, it's also to be mentally prepared. You know, in the music teaching world, oftentimes you only have 30 minutes with the student. Right. And in that 30 minutes, in my mind, I want to get done as much as possible and pack in the knowledge without overwhelming them. So if I have found that if I come with, you know, three things to work on, and they may be three totally different things. If one isn't hitting and that student is not buying into it, not enjoying it, I can pivot. And I can move on to another, Mm. you know, uh, another way, whether it be, you know, if we started out playing classical music and they're not feeling it, they're not really doing, okay, let's switch it up. And, you know, let's play an Ed Sheeran song or, you know, let's learn how to do that kind of thing. And you can see those eyes light up on those kids and they, and they're they're loving it, you know, and Uh they come back the following week and like I played every day this week. And it's like, okay, that's what we're going to go with. I'll throw some note reading stuff on there as well. Um, but, but I have found, again, if I am prepared for these lessons, then you can get the most out of them each and every week. Um, what I like there too, Matt, let
0: me, let me interrupt you. Sorry. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, like, think about like, you're, you're, you know, you're coming in with anticipation of things. And so like this, you know, for technical term, you did some assessment. Hey, I'm seeing the kids not, not jiving with this. I've got something already prepared that I'm going to pivot to in order to tap into what they're interested in. And not only that, not only did we have a good lesson, but now you've got a, an engaged student that's, that's playing it. That's doing the work outside of class, which is probably pays double dividends, makes your job even easier once you come back to like, Hey, I, I, I paid attention to my student. Now they are paying attention to what I taught them. Now we, now we got a ball game. That's yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. yep. You're in, in that feeling. Is just wonderful, you know, and that's where the, the lessons become enjoyable. You can really, you can see them grow and things like that. And, and you know, that kind of goes along to another thing that I've learned is just the ability. You, you have to have the ability to adapt. And when we talked about this pre-show a little bit where, you know, I've had students that are just they are set on learning the guitar. Well, they're seven years old. Yeah. you know, and going back to when I got my guitar I was in fifth grade, I wasn't quite ready yet. You know, so some of these kids, and you know, you can try it, but those, those, they're going to struggle for a while, you know, but if you can adapt and, and say, okay, you know, what we're doing here, it, it's, you, it's just, I don't want this to be a nightmare for you. That, that's going to turn you off. And I'm afraid you'll never play music again. Have you tried to play the ukulele? Yeah. Have you, have you tried that? And it, again, it's just amazing to see, after struggling to play a G major chord or a D major chord in the guitar, you hand them that ukulele, and you say, "Okay, this is the C major." And you can see them just <laughs> smile and go, "Well, I only have one finger down.
0: The one finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's one awesome. finger
1: on these nice, soft nylon strings, you know, and then and then they, you know, j- jump into it and they just start taking off. And you can tell that they're playing at home. Mom and dad are happy. they're getting their money's worth, but also, I mean you know I just posted a video of my 4 year old on on Facebook I showed her like a little little two note chords and she's she's playing them all the time and man I I I couldn't be happier I mean just hearing music in the house coming from somewhere else or someone else other than me is just I mean one of the biggest joys in the in my life you know and I I that makes me so happy when I hear from the parents you know just just like, wow, he's you know he or she is really enjoying it. They're playing all the time. You know, it's like, well, that's what we're here to do. I want to teach them not only how to play a C major chord, but if they practice and play and get better, then they can play even more. And then they'll want to play more. And it's just a really cool circle of musical knowledge, really. And they don't even know. They don't even know they're learning so much because yeah, yeah. they're having so much fun, you know? Well, that
0: not only works for uh, seven-year-old children, it works for... Uh middle-aged men as well. I remember you, 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 I don't know why you had a you, you bought a ukulele or something like that. You let me dink around with it at Christmas. And I think that week I looked on Craigslist, found somebody in whatever town we were traveling to. I think it was Milwaukee at that time. And I found somebody that was looking to sell a uke, bought it, like bought it in the middle of a snowy street in, in Milwaukee, pretty shady actually. <laughs> and then, uh, and then got to play. And cause I, I was one of those kids when the, you, I don't know if you, do you remember the Sears catalog, like the Christmas, the wish book? Did you, do you ever uh, see that?
1: I, I do remember that. I think I was kind of at the tail end, but I yeah, do yeah. remember.
0: I mean, it was a big deal when the, you know, the catalog that you could like, you know, maim somebody with came in the mail and it was like, you know, there's, there's, you know, I always like would dog ear the page that had the guitars on it. Cause I always want to play guitar. And I think my parents did get me piano lessons at a time and I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I learned a little, I took him for like, I don't know, four months and that was about it. That was all I had. And I remember doing little things here and there and I'd pick up books and stuff, but I always wanted to play I always was drawn to music and like, I had a guitar in college and some guys would teach me, but it was really hard. I got small hands. I'm I'm just, I'll put, I'll blame it on that. So I got small hands and didn't work. And so then when you showed the ukulele and I was like, wow, I, I like, I learned like two or three chords in like, you know, 10 minutes and was able to actually make something that sounded somewhat good and was addicting and then getting in. So it's like, you know, giving that little, like, it's almost like an on-ramp and like this. Yeah. You you know, you're, you can do some things here. You might be limited musically with a ukulele, but still you're going to be producing music and it's going to want maybe to lead you. And then when Mm -hmm. pandemic happens, I'm like, you know what? We're not doing a lot of things. We're, we're not driving gas. We got a little bit of money and we maybe we might need something else to do. I'm going to get a guitar. And, uh, you were, uh, told me some uh, chords to do and I'd been dinking around with the ukulele for a few years and now the guitar has become easier now when I even go back to the ukulele it was like again fast forward to to playing that even better and it's like this back and forth of of the two instruments has been you know just accelerating each other it's 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 kind of a it's a neat thing
1: to see oh it's so cool it's so cool It, it and you you said it perfectly I mean and I even think of that you know and, and this goes on to another thing that I've learned and this is something that Jason has reminded me both both when I was in his class and now as we're like mixing and recording music um you can't let your ego get in the way as a teacher with, with especially in music you know uh, I bought my ukulele that I showed you I yeah. remember that when I was working for Allegro Music and Dance Academy they approached me and said hey you know, this was like the type, the Taylor Swift kind of time. She was coming out and you know playing uh-huh. the uke and like all that kind of stuff. So you had there was a bunch of 15 to 18 year old girls that wanted to play the ukulele, and they didn't have a ukulele teacher. You know, it just wasn't it wasn't in 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 the flow of what was cool at the yeah, time. Yeah. So we were um, getting ready to take a family trip up to Michigan, and I thought, you know what? Before I go, I said, okay, give me a week, and I'll I'll learn the ukulele, and then I'll be I'll be ready to teach it. So I went and bought a ukulele. I took it up to Lake Michigan, and I would spend every morning down by the water, you know, playing for a couple hours and kind of, you know, looking up chords and essentially learning the ukulele. But it, that, all of a sudden, my client list was boosted by 15 students. You know, they, they just, they really took to it. And a lot of those students went on to play piano, guitar, mm-hmm. go to college for music, you know, because they were just into it and they played all the time and it was like the perfect segue instrument to to others you know to other instruments just getting yeah. them going again we we come back to that a lot but just that that want to play you know i tell my students i i want you to get to the point where you can't walk past your piano or you yeah. can't walk past your ukulele or guitar without you know we may not always have the time but at least not you know i want you to like want to play it that's, you know, right. that's what we want that's what we want. And even now, I know my kids would laugh at me right now because I walk by your piano 100 times a day. But I can honestly say that every time I do, I'm looking at that piano. I'm thinking, ooh, <laughs> I'd I, I really like to sit down and try to create something right now or play a piece of music or, you know, just, it, it, it's so cool. So yeah, the ukulele, um, for me, going back to the ego thing, I kind of looked at it first, like, oh, this thing has four strings. You can play a chord with one finger, yeah, you know, yeah. really. This is what we're going to do. But after, you know, it took me a few months, but then I let go of that and thought, wow, these kids are learning. They're loving it. They're, you know, this is great. I will never knock the ukulele again. And I continue to teach it for the next 10 years.
0: When you think about all the different, you know, just some parallels here with like, well, you know, I talk about teaching mathematics and we talk about having these wide entry problems so that you can, you know, like you can Talk about them simplistically. Like, so if I'm gonna add 25 plus 17, I can enter it by like adding, like pulling out 25 things and pulling out 17 things, putting them all in a big pile and then counting them out. Like, so I mean, I can really add that any which way I want. Or I could talk about different strategies and different ways to add 25 and 17, or like thinking about like adding the tens and adding the ones, or hey, 25 plus 15 and then plus a two. Like, you you can get as much sophisticated as you want. And like having things like that in your arsenal of teaching, it sounds like the ukulele is one of them where it's like, you know what? I want to teach you musicality. I want to teach you like even like strumming. I want to teach you like what a chord is like you can, that the ukulele offers you like this broad, broad way of entering into those conversations where, you know, kids are seeing success and like everyone, I mean, when you start an instrument, you want to see success. And so.
1: Absolutely. A, right. out of the, Right. From day one, you know, it becomes a, I think, but you bring up a very interesting point, too, that I've often thought about, that there, you know, sure, there are kind of set rules in music and things like that, certain ways to do things, but I've always believed, you know, there's always more than one way to do it, mm-hmm. and, and that's where, coming back to the be able to adapt, you have to adapt to the student's personality as well, you right. know, that they may not go for the, you know, reading sheet music every week and doing flashcards and, you know, the old school kind of way that I was taught, you know, you got to get... yeah, yeah. You, you got to make it fun. That's, you know, through Jason's class at Lincoln Land, he introduced me to uh, musictheory.net. And with all these kids, of course, being so plugged in these days, I started bringing in an iPad and I would bring up musictheory.net and they would have these kind of fun exercises um, as far as identifying notes and things like that. You could put yourself on a timer and challenge yourself and and they, they took off with it, you know? And, and that was another, again, Jason talks about this, another tool, I could put Mm -hmm. my tool belt that you could, uh, you know, adjust and pull out at any time. And even if you know, sometimes it may not work. But you know, those tools, the more you have, you know, the more successful you'll be as a teacher. I do believe that.
0: I mean, so yeah, so you're even like diving into I'll take you as deep as you want to go into this music thing. If you, you know, with music theory, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, until they start knowing more than me and then it's kind of like, okay, you're going to need somebody else. And that's, I've always been insecure about my theory knowledge. You know, it's, it's funny how that insecurity and anxiety can creep in in anything, you know, even teaching a kid to play guitar, you know, when they've been playing for six, seven years and it's like, okay, I, you know, I want to learn this, this certain method of doing it. I want to play like this player. And it's like, okay. Um, Give me a week. Let let me learn. You know, and that's where I enjoy teaching so much because I'm learning from the kids as much as they're learning from me. You know, yeah. you have to stay one step ahead. Right. I have to. So I've I found myself. I just got a, uh, I just got a book by Al uh, DiMandoa, DiMandoa, I believe. But he's got. I mean, just a theory nut. And I'm reading through this stuff. I'm thinking, God how does this even fit in this guy's brain? Yeah, yeah. You know, but, I, I, but I'm but i able to take some of that and then introduce it to a student and then we're both learning together. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's that camaraderie with that too and that respect and that that's really fun.
0: It's cool, like being able to like take something to that level. I mean, because if, again, it's kind of going back to your other thing about being prepared, like having that capacity, like if a kid wants to go somewhere, if they want to go deep and you, even to say like, I don't, I might not know it, but I, I will, like, I want to learn some more or maybe you learn and like you bring it back to me or whatever, but just being able, being ready to do, engage in those conversations and, and even also to say like, I still need to learn some more. That's, those are all great, you know, things that we want our teachers to be able to do and be able to connect to. And and also uh, tapping into those interests of the students is like, that's such a great, such a great lesson. Yeah. What else you got, Matt? Um, you know, one.
1: Well, oh, another thing that I've learned? Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, let's think here.
0: Well, I had be prepared, ability to adapt. Did I miss one?
1: Ability to adapt. Um, don't let your ego get in the way. Oh, don't let your ego get in the way. Yep. And and that goes back to the um, you know the willingness to learn new things or accept when you don't know something. Mm-hmm. But hey, give me a little bit of time. I'll do the research. I, I will I will learn it. And I'll come back not only with the information, but knowing you as a student, I will bring it to you in a way that you can understand it and we can start to put it to use right away. I mean, because in music definitely, uh, uh, from my experience, the students learn the most and, and the best when they're putting it into use right away. It's one thing to read something on a paper, right, piece of paper, but it's another thing to play it and get that in, in the brain. Um, and then it it's amazing what, what sticks, you know, because I, I've had a lot of, of parents too that like I haven't played the piano in 25 years. I haven't played it. So so I say, well why don't you come in and sit down with you know Joey and you can see what we're doing, what we're working on. And then three weeks later I'll see the mom. She said, you know what? I've been playing what Joey's playing. You know, and she'll mm-hmm. sit down and she can play and that's where she learned how to read the notes. She learned mm-hmm. how to play 25 years ago. It it's still in there. You know, it's yeah. still it, 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 yeah. And that's, that's really cool too. You know, and then you got the parents and the kid working together and like playing together and that, that enhances their relationship, you know, even further.
0: Yeah. And like, that's, that's awesome to have that connection too. Again, another parallel, like how do we engage our parents in these sorts of things, especially, you know, especially now in our, uh, some of our virtual ex- learning experiences, we, we need to be oh, able to do that. Holy cow.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's where, Lily, my 10 year old, you know, she comes, she's got some math homework and loving you know, it. She's loving it. You're oh, loving it. Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm loving it. But like, <laughs> you know, for her, she ends up kind of teaching me the way to do it, you know, and that's another thing, you know, you you can learn the most by kind of teaching someone else. So I'll tell my students, Hey, why don't you try to get your brother or sister to play this song? Or why don't you show them, you know, where the notes are and things nice. like that. And that's just bringing them up to a whole nother level and they don't even know it. Wow, what a lesson. I mean, so like going back to don't let your ego
0: get in the way. This is just a, a public uh, service announcement for all the parents out there. Like if your kid doesn't, you know, is is doing their math and you think like, Oh, I don't know what they're doing. Well, ask them, ask them to teach you like, Hey, what what do you know? Show me how you're, you've been doing this. And like, that could be the best thing for them. Even if they're struggling, like they- to have them talk it out and trying to explain it to you, that might be the hurdle to get there, but you have to check your ego, right? I don't know the answer to how to show you, but that's, it's not the point that you know the answer. It's the point that the kid does, right?
1: Absolutely. No, that's a great ego. Yep. All right. So,
0: okay. So always it's a, it's year 2020. We're always talking about 2020 hindsight. So now thinking about your, uh, your teaching and you've done it for a while, you say 10 years, has it been 10 years? It's been 10 years, yeah. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So what would you do differently? So if you had to start over again, what would you do differently if you could do it all over from the
1: beginning? Well, just starting from the beginning, I would have been, I would have had a little more confidence. You know, as I said, the insecurity with theory and things like that. I can remember having a student come in and she was young. She was probably six or seven years old, but she was an extremely good player. I could tell that right out of the gate. And I can remember being so nervous that I... She played her piece, and I turned to mom, and I immediately just said, "I can't, I can't teach her. She (laughs) knows more than I." You know, just just freaked out, you know. So I I just wish I would have had more confidence. And I did kind of hit the ground, you know. I just kind of jumped into it. So this was early, Mm -hmm. but um, definitely that. And um, I, you know, I thought about this for a while. I don't know if I, I would change a whole lot only because going back to I had. so many great educators around me that that gave me tools right out of the gate. And I think my willingness to be open and to take it in like a sponge really, really helped me um, a lot. Um, Well, okay, now I thought of something that would be differently. I would manage my expectations. Okay. I, I find myself getting very caught up in that and think, you know, ah, you know, I really thought you'd be to the end of page two now playing both hands together. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, come to find out, well, you know, they had a a family matter where they had to be out of town all week and the the child couldn't practice piano. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I get it. And then you kind of adjust to that. So kind of, I would have just walked into each lesson, you know, one a week, I would have walked into it and, and been a little more just had better communication. I think I would ask, you know, how was your week? What was going on? You know, did you have time to practice? You mm. know, at the beginning I was so stuck on your parents are paying for this. We have 30 minutes together. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. And, and, and just taking that, that kind of personal relationship out of it. Cause I was, you know, I talk about George Eklund and as wonderful as he was, he was, you know, an old school guy. It was authoritarian. I mean, it was kind of like, this is how we're doing it. Let's do it. And, um, and that's where, you know, kind of going back as I, as as time passed as a teacher, I would go back and think, okay, what was it about Mr. Eklund that I kind of started to pull away from? Oh yeah. It was that type A authoritarian. This is what we're doing. This is what I expect. So, so I would have, I would have been more realistic with my students in the beginning. And I think they, they would have appreciated that, you know?
0: Yeah. How much does, you know, that you're talking about like, you know, maximizing time, but having that, what, minute to 90 second conversation about what they did this last week, like, Oh, you were out of town on a funeral and away from your piano. Okay. So that means like, we're, we're probably going to be backing up a little bit. What did you get to practice? Okay. Now we're here versus, you know, go and just forcing the next thing. Oh, you're not to hear yet. And like, you're getting frustrated. The kid's getting frustrated. Like, like actually that 90 seconds that you spent actually means a better, you know, 28 minute, 28 and a half minute lesson versus like everyone's frustrated by the end and maybe not coming back. Right. And so,
1: well, yep. You know, you're absolutely right. What What a great point. And you know, even that 90 seconds, you know, that could, that could help them to stick with it for another year. Mm-hmm. You know, just that because you never know what other people are going through, and that's yeah. I, I I you know, and just in the world today, these kids have so many activities, so many things to do, and even right now, I mean, oh goodness, so little yeah. to do. You know, the mind is racing and everything. So just that that personal connection, um, definitely, you cannot put a price on that. I mean, that's, yeah. especially in this in in this music teaching world, because it is just you and the students. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just one on one. You know, and you got it. You want that mutual respect and then that that willingness to to accept what what each other is given, you know, on both ends.
0: Yeah, something that you said there with regards to um, like checking in with them as well. Like, I think one thing that I t- took it, I, I almost took it like as an offense if they didn't do my work. Like, oh, you hate me. That's why you didn't do your homework or that you, you you're trying to you are you trying to offend me here like what's going on like and the thing is it's like it's not about you Joel you know it's going maybe yeah. it's going back to the check your ego thing like it really isn't about like they probably would want to do this or they probably would want to do like even thinking about it this last my spring semester where you know checking in with folks was is more valuable than anything because like just seeing that, you know, yeah, they didn't show up to class, but it wasn't because of me. It was because of, hey, they're at home and they're childcare and they just couldn't log on. And so I have to deal with that. And like, how do I figure out how to do that? And it wasn't an offense. They're not trying to say like your class doesn't mean anything to me. This probably eating them up inside it by me putting a guilt trip
1: on them. It's even worse. You know? Oh, absolutely. And they they appreciate that. You checking mm-hmm. in, you know, there's that whole, that human relationship that that, that has to go both ways. You know, yeah. that's, that's cool. Good point. So, what's the best thing
0: you did in your teaching or you witnessed in your teaching? And maybe
1: you've covered this, but I don't know. I'm curious. No, I think, you know, I can think of a couple different things. First off, just to keep it simple, it, it happens for me multiple times a week when you see a student, you know, grasp something or achieve something or play something they've always, and it could be something as simple as a G major chord. And they come in and they strum that chord and it sounds clean. Each string is ringing true. And you can see them just light up. You, you see them light up. And for me and what I do, that is like the biggest joy of all, of watching these kids and adults. You know, I've taught I've taught students as old as 70 years old that when they are able to really play something and that smile that they have yeah, yeah. When, they, when they've done it. You know, that is and I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to witness that. I can't even count how many times, but th- that is so cool to me. Aha uh-huh moments, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're like, you know, I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. go back to the confidence. You know, yeah. I can do this, you know. Um, a- another cool thing that I-, I was lucky enough to experience during my time with Allegro Music and Dance Academy was uh, we would do, um, like, these rock camps where you would bring in oh, kids yeah. of, you know, anywhere from 6 to 18, and you put them together in a group, and you work together, and each each teacher would have a group and uh you know for, and just for one week 4 hours a day for for a week monday through friday and then you perform at the end of the week and you record and and they give them a cd and stuff but watching that come together you know and people kind of find their place and where they are and who can do what and who you know the communication with them, that was, I always, 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 I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and, and that was like a fantasy for me, you know, yeah, it, yeah. I felt like I was part of the band. I was part of it, you know, that's right. So that was cool. Um, you
0: like Jack Black school of rock. Yeah.
1: It, oh, exactly. <laughs> right. And I, I heard that a lot when I was doing it, cause you know, you know, my energy level, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of letdown really, but it, yeah, you know, when I get around music, it's a whole. For the other listeners,
0: level. Uh, Matt has been pacing the whole time we've been doing this, so just because his energy. I know his energy is is high. Yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah, it's it's high. It sometimes can get a little too high. Uh, but you know, that that just going back to what we talked about, you know, my musical background. I have always felt that way. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm playing a private party, if I'm playing at a club for. Fifteen hundred people. It, it, I feel the same way every single time. I am. I am in it. I am in tune. I am that. I get the energy from the music. You know, every single time. So watching these kids experience that also, and again, mm-hmm. even adults, that has been so fun to witness throughout my my musical career. You know, that's it, it's so cool. That's
0: awesome. So. I, I threw you a a curveball because I didn't give you this question beforehand, but giving you about 20 minutes to think about it in the back of your minds. But given that you're, <laughs> you know, you moving into this role of, I mean, well, I know you've been writing music for a while, but I mean, officially like, you know, working with Phrygian music and Fro- Phrygian frog music and, and thinking about the the songwriting. Right. And so thinking about songwriting and thinking about it from my perspective and you know, selfishly for this podcast, thinking about how do we use that, as a thing with teaching. I think with teaching, you have to balance the technical and the creative, same thing for songwriting. So what are some things that you've learned with regards to songwriting or, or any, any lessons or what, just like, cause you've really been focusing on it. So this idea of songwriting, there's this technical side, the theory of music, but then also you're trying to be creative and come up with something that people want to listen to. Like, what, what have you been learning?
1: Well, I, you know, it's been a struggle for me throughout the years, you know, talking about balancing the two, 10 years ago I was trying to write things that were really hard to play you know very technical mm-hmm. and, and I always wanted people to be like wow look at that guitar player yeah, you know yeah. like he's moving all over the board and you know and, and as I you know grew up and I look back at it now I'm like what are you doing playing so many notes you don't need <laughs> yeah. so many notes so if you're trying to get people I was doing it for myself I wasn't doing it to get people to enjoy it and have a connection with it or anything. I was doing it to please my own ego. Um, So as the years have progressed, even with each day that we released, I mean that's the simplest song I've ever written. But at the same time I've had a lot of feedback from people that can really connect to it because there's a message in there, the the music isn't in the way, and Mm -hmm. it allows you know, and Jason has taught me this too that you know, everybody interprets music different. You know, everybody can pull something from it. So with the songwriting things going back to, you know, when I sit down and I don't necessarily sit down and think I'm going to write a hit song today. You know, that just doesn't happen. I mean, for me personally, Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those kind of, I walk by a guitar, I pick it up. And then, you know, more often than not, the songs that we'll be releasing have kind of just naturally happened. And, and, you know, I've read from a lot of my favorite artists too, that the best music and songwriting happens when you get out of your own way. You know, you got to just, Take a step back, keep it simple, and then you can always build it up later. Um, and, and same thing with lyrics. You know, I used to, for me, the whole cryptic thing and trying to, you know, I'm just not that smart, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> but I have found that if you kind of just, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I kind of, I wear my heart on my shoulder. I mean, or, or, you know, there's no doubt about it. I, I, I love talking with people. I love the interaction of that. And I'm trying to, I don't know if I can say trying to, but I have found that that has been coming out more and more to my lyrics. You know, they're in my lyrics, you know, like it'd be, you know, me talking to you Mm -hmm. and not so much me talking to myself, you know? So that's been, that's been really fun. And also, you know, pretty scary for me to kind of put, my feelings and you know with this each day song i mean it's the first love song i've ever written in my life and sure enough here's the first song you know i've written hundreds of songs (laughs) what's the first song we're going to release to the world well let's make it the one where i'm burying my my soul to (laughs) to another human being but and, and even jumping off of that that you know people some people haven't looked at it that way. They've looked at it as kind of a positive outlook on life. And especially mm-hmm. right now, we all need something like that. Oh yeah. And just taking one day at a time and, and trying to focus on the good, you know, cause if we get stuck in that bad place, boy, Oh, I mean, it, it'll, it'll, it'll tear you apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And doing what is necessary to keep yourself mentally healthy. Right. And so it could be listening to some music. It could be playing some music. It could be whatever it is like getting outside, getting out of uh my little dark no window closet here yeah
1: (laughs) or getting into your little dark oh yeah that can. that's
0: that's too exactly
1: it's it's a therapy you know and with music for me it is my medicine i mean it really is and 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 just on a a spiritual and and mental health kind of thing if i uh, i talked about this a few weeks ago but if i'm having a rough day if i'm having a great day if great things are happening bad things are happening anytime i go and play music i can feel either either that that dark stuff kind of be released or if it's a good day you know it's just building upon that and that gives me momentum going into the next day you know and it just that it's that that give and take with with the music that you know if you if you if you can allow yourself to get out of your own way what you will get back will be you know incredible
0: yeah even thinking of it, like uh, I know something I've looked at, and I know you you play at church, and uh, and it's almost like uh, people have ways that they tap into their spirituality, and I think music is definitely one of them. And so it's like a sacred pathway. I've read a book, I think, with that title on it. But just talking about all the different ways we can tap into our relationship uh, with God, and I think this is this is one of those ways, and really seeing that as something that's uh, beneficial. If uh, you're hearing a noise, it's because my uh, son is uh, inflating a basketball right now in the garage that's next door to the closet. So that's okay. That's a little inside information for the listeners out there. Anyway, um, Matt, anything dad add on to that?
1: Oh, man, uh, I could talk for quite a while. Um, I've been playing on Sunday evenings at church. You know, with, with all everything that's going on, our church has added more church services to keep the numbers down. Mm. So I had been brought in to play the seven o'clock service on Sunday nights at St. John's Lutheran Church. And it's it's like a coffee house kind of feel, you know, mm. and they asked me. And I play three songs a week. Um, and and it's been so this I don't even know what how my spirit has been revived in that way, you know, and it's so easy to get lost and to drift. And I've done plenty of that in my life, believe me. Um, but going yeah. back and playing some of these these hymns, you know, I, I think about. You know, I played uh, uh, the old rugged cross. You know, a couple of oh, years ago, and I brought that up to my parents. I said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to do this song," and you know, they brought up, "Oh, you know that that song was played and sang at your grandmother's funeral." Mm. So it it, it it I took me back to her and thought about her and just you talk about too you know when we try to do it on our own i mean i can't do it on my own i really yeah. can't and and mm-hmm. that that's not only from the spiritual side but also that community of of church and, and having in and the faith and, and and yeah i could go on it's been so fun for me to go back and do these things and you know i i'm doing some on guitar i'm doing some on piano so there's that that musical aspect too, especially with things moving at the the pace that they are now is gigging musicians. You know, it's allowed me to have that outlet, you know, yeah. you know, I can work on a few songs a week and then I get to perform and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's been it, for me that is definitely brought me even closer to, to my spirituality and, and that that's, that's helped my mental health a lot too. You know, nice. It's been huge.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, that self-care is, is definitely something that we need to all pay attention to. So, so Matt, um, I know you, you've you got a definite answer to this one. Anything to promote? You got anything to promote, huh? Do well, you? I
1: do, do yeah, I do, I do, actually. We've got some uh, big things in the works, you know, and uh, Fridge and Frog Records, you know, they've got many talented artists, you know, it's not just me. You have guys on there that have movie credits, you know, they've won Telly Awards, that they have a whole catalog of, of cool music that I would like to promote. Mm-hmm. So you can go to Phrygian Frogs website and see about licensing, and uh, you know you can go to the about page and read a little bit about each one of the artists uh, that are on the label. And of course, you know uh, I have to promote my own stuff. I have another single coming out here on September fourth, and that um, that's titled "Out of the Clouds," and it's another another kind of a, a, a positive kind of look but at the same time it's it's I think it'll definitely be a reflective thing for some people too I mean it just really is about kind of the fog clearing and you kind of uh, you know re- returning to yourself or even becoming a better self you know nice. um, so that's coming out on September 4th and you can find those on all streaming platforms um, you know and and I just can't I want to promote Phrygian Frog <laughs> Records because they, they've they just done so much for me. Jason Waddell has really taken me under his wing. And for me to be lucky enough to be able to work with a guy like him, you know, this isn't a guy that just sits there and says, you know, because I record this music at home and then I send it to him and then he does his wizardry and makes <laughs> me sound actually, you know, somewhat good. But he, he not only does that, he invites me to come out to the studio and sit there with him and, and go through the process and teach me what he's doing and, and do you like this? Do you like that? And that's something I think as artists, that's all we can really ask for, you know? It, well, you can ask for all you want, but you may just have somebody that says, well, this is how we're doing it. And, yeah. and that's it, you know, so um, that too. Um, but again, just a lot of talented artists and, and we each play on, you know, like for each day, um, I do not play drums, but the drums on there are from another artist on the label, Jeff Milner. He was nice enough to, to play the drums on the track. And I, I don't know what the song, the song wouldn't be what it is without those drums. I mean, it just wouldn't. And, and, you know, that, that the whole process of again, going, working with other musicians, having someone else, what they hear is not what you hear. So he was able to put some things in there that kind of filled in the missing pieces for me. And Even sitting there, you know, listening to each day on YouTube or Spotify or whatever, I don't hear it like you're going to hear it. Of course, I'm 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 hearing, oh Matt, you're flat. (laughs) You're singing the wrong note. What what is that solo? You missed that, you know, but it's just it goes back to working with others. And Jason has taught me and lives by, you know, in order to be great, you have to be humble and and let and get your ego out of the way you just that's the name of the game and i i've been so thankful for for that lesson and for our time together so again Phrygian frog records you can find them on facebook instagram youtube we got some videos up there we actually have a a, a preview for each day that's on there that we kind of you know do a little banter and whatnot and it's kind of fun and just, yeah. just showing them the human side of music That's been yeah. that's been really fun too
0: no that's cool but, I, I, I think I shared that on the Amazon planet Facebook page. So it's out there too, all but
1: right. also
0: I got a good link that I'll share on the, uh, in the show notes uh, that you'll be able to find at mnplanet.com forward slash episode 30 for all this stuff. Even uh, some of the stuff you mentioned like musictheory.net. but definitely with uh, Phrygian frogs and we'll put all that out there and so people can see what you're doing and, and uh, tap into the uh, the music streams, so they can get access to the songs as they come out. And it's going to be great. So Excited for you, Matt, excited for these opportunities and excited that you got a chance to come in and share on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Joel. I can't thank you enough for having me, man. And just to go back to, you were talking about your, you know, episode zero and how you were just, you know, getting it going, stuff like that. You know, we as a family are all really proud of what you're doing. It's been really fun to watch you, you know, learn. I'm sure you're learning from other, you know, learning how to do things differently and things like that. And just to watch and to listen to you uh, progress. It's just been really, really fun. So it, it's my, you know, I'm honored to be on the Amazon Planet uh, podcast. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. I really am. So I no. appreciate it very much. No, this is great. And uh, yeah, it, oh, we we
0: did get you a shirt too. I think we got you a shirt, right?
1: Uh yep. I have I have rocked that thing. I wish I could find it yeah. right now, but I, no. I I know I wear it out. And you know, even with uh, kind of starting this stuff, um, I would walk over to the grocery store, or something like that, and uh, you know, I'd say, "Hey, see this." see this t-shirt and we're not playing podcast i play the music in the beginning and the end <laughs> so you should check it you should check it out
0: that's <laughs> it that's what we, we know promoting that's what i know we've arrived if if someone stopping you like wait are you the matthew mifflin on the eminent planet podcast then, then we know that's <laughs> like a that's like a culminating like you know uh mountaintop for us to climb there so <laughs> and, oh absolutely your new guitar will be arriving in a few days <laughs> that's so, right yeah. awesome <laughs> all right So that is all we have uh, for this episode of the Amazon planet podcast show notes for the podcast can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 30. So that all the links that we talked about uh, just at the end here to Phrygian frog music professionals and Phrygian frog records, we'll put all that there. The links to uh, Matt's uh, single are going to be in there. We're going to embed some videos as well. So all that good stuff. And also if you're looking for ways to support one, Go follow Matthew Mifflin on Spotify and follow his music and download all the stuff. Whatever you want to do there. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast while you're there on Spotify as well. You can subscribe or iTunes or wherever. Subscribe to the Amazon Planet download containing teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. We had a huge one from uh, Jen Wolf on uh, Google Slides that we mentioned a few times in this episode, but it's just amazing, that resource. So if you want to get access to that, you can go to AmazonPlanet.com or get access to the Amazon planet download. You can also follow at Amazon planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon planet store or the Amazon planet bookshop links are in the footer at the where you purchase to support the production costs of the podcast. We have masks now actually too, and coffee cups to go along with the shirts and hoodies uh, that all say, be the good on it. Cause I think we need that message now more than ever. So, Thank you for listening to this episode of the on Planet Podcast. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for being a guest and for his music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you've decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.